All right, everybody, welcome back to Talk of the Now podcast, and I'm here with Jason, and this is your host, Gene, again. What's up, Jason? Hello, hello. Nothing much, man. I see you're back to your normal um, background. That's true. Display. How's your week going? Mm, Pretty good, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about COVID. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Oh, Lord, no. You could turn it on just about uh, five out of six channels and uh, five out of 10 channels and find something about that, right? Oh, yeah. (laughs) So I heard um, some cool news that I'm excited for. Um, This is, I promise everybody, this is not the Jeremy Clarkson slash Top Gear slash Grand Tour um, podcast, but I saw on Instagram that Jeremy Clarkson is. going to have a new book coming out yep. about his farm yep i thought that was kind of cool I'm, i think i will probably buy it and read it <laughs> just because it sounds like it'd be interesting i don't know why that's just me i don't know you're not much of a reader though are you jason i am you are what are yeah. you reading? Now? What, what are you uh, reading now? Not to put you on the spot, but I am. What are you reading now? <laughs> you kind of want to be on the spot. Otherwise you wouldn't be here. That's true. This is the spot to be <laughs> on. Um, I'm actually going back and reading some Frank Peretti stuff. So I'm reading the oath. Who? Frank Peretti, Christian author. I'm really not familiar. Honestly, the most famous Christian author, probably that I don't know of <laughs> this, this present darkness, piercing the darkness. I, I am not. I'm not being coy here at all. I really don't know this guy. Really? <laughs> yeah, man. If you're in Christian '90s, man, like late '80s, early '90s, yeah. yeah. I mean, that was all over. Every youth group was like, "Hey, read Frank Freddie. Read Frank Freddie." So, really, I'm actually yeah. going to write his name. Why do you spell the last name? P E R E T T I. No, I really don't. Is he of the um, Reformed camp? uh not no no no. or just christian living type camp it's christian living but it's more it's christian fiction Um, it's christian fiction oh yeah 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 it's really good um uh this present darkness and piercing the darkness are about a a uh fictional town um people are gonna kill me if i don't remember everything ashton and it's about and he does a very good job of of putting on in on the paper what true spiritual warfare looks like it's about everything going on around these people in their daily lives and the actual spiritual warfare going on. It's really kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, he's got a few other books. He's got one called uh, Prophet, which is about um, dealing with uh, abortion and that whole issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he has one called Monster. Um, and uh, that's mostly into the cryptid type um stuff but it also shows you know it talks more it's more about creation and how man shouldn't you know shouldn't alter things you know kind of came out around the time when they're talking about cloning things and stuff like that um so he's got his stuff is very timely but it also stands the test of time so it's really it's really good to good to read so yeah you'll you'll love this present darkness and piercing the darkness are his two most favorite ones christian fiction is not something i've really read much yeah, it's just really good. It's like, uh, yeah, it's just very, very visual. <laughs> as Although much I did, as a book. I'm sorry. 
No, go ahead. I, I, I did watch Ben Hur. That counts for no. crucifixion. No. He met Jesus <laughs> in the in the uh, movie. Yeah, good talk to him. No. <laughs> in, in the movie. Yeah, hey, this is a list of like um, books that I have on my current list to get around to someday. And so it's like very it's quite long maybe one day yeah. we'll go and that's kind of a famous uh, or a popular theme on podcasts for people to go over their favorite books I, I did just finish reading one i finished reading aussie grit aussie grit i'm assuming yeah, that's, that's as in australia not austin uh texas yeah aussie aussie <laughs> yeah. Uh, nice yeah that was a good one yeah mm-hmm. um I was what's his name? Formula One driver. Um, okay, that just really bad. We can that's stop pretty... recording and let you start over. No kidding. Yeah, no, that's pretty bad. No, no, this is. Funny. I think I know who you're talking about. I can't think of his name either. Though. <laughs> Why can't I think of his name? Um, it was. Um, it was Sebastian Vettel's teammate at Red Bull for the longest time. Yeah, and he retired back in like '17 or something. Mark Weber, that gummy. Yeah, Mark, Mark Weber. Weber, what the heck is wrong with my brain today? Um, now let yeah. me ask you this: Did you remember that because I was scratching at your brain, or did you just remember that scratching your own brain? Well, the scratching at the brain helps. You know, it's it's always good to have cooperative scratching of the brain. Um, mm-hmm. People, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, that was, well, that was a good book. That was about his career and his. It was really, it was really good. Really, I didn't know that Mark wrote a book. Um, mm-hmm. There was another book that I saw that was written. Oh, that's what it is. Um, I posted this on um, um, social media the other day. Um, Matthew McConaughey. I want to read his book, Green Lights. Um, yeah. Seems like a very interesting book from what I've seen of interviews that he's, I've seen at least two interviews of him talking so about you, the book. You know what he went through when he was younger then. Um, did he go through little sexual abuses? Or yes. Was that, yeah. Was, yes. It, was it from a um, uncle or something? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Because I know his he's he let, I mean he's great relationship with his parents, so I can remember. Right, right, right. He didn't it talk about like, it well, in his this interview, I saw. No, but that's kind of yeah. Hmm. So, so it's interesting what you'd never know what people actually experience. One of the um, one of the best points that he made in the interview that I saw with Ken Coleman for the Ken Coleman show, which is one of the um he's one of the Dave Ramsey people familiar with him personalities and uh he had him on a show and he made some great points i can't remember the exact point but um one of the most cool points that he pointed out toward the end which might be a slight spoiler for the book was that um he was really nervous about going telling his dad that he was going to go all out for acting and not going into law and he said his dad oh what was the i don't want to misquote it but uh Oh yeah, his dad says something to the effect of, "Well, he, you know, he's all nervous." Said, you know, something like, "Dad, I want to be an actor," you know, kind of like one of those things. And from the sound of it, his dad, kind of like the type of guy that does not take BS with a grain of salt at all. And uh, the dad said his dad looked at him and was basically like, "Well, don't have acid." Yep. <laughs> and yep. he said that he felt like that was his his approval, as in like it was his approval, but it was also his dad saying um you know hey you go out there and you do it if you're gonna do it you do it and do it right don't go out there and just sort of you know willy-nilly and just be a you know whatever about it go out there and be the yeah. best you can be at it i thought well, that yeah. was 
I don't know if you remember, I, I've posted a few times on Facebook his Oscar acceptance speech mm-hmm. when he when he won for, for uh, Dallas Buyers Club. Um, the only time I've ever gotten up on the couch and yelled and screamed for somebody winning an Oscar, um, you know, because mm-hmm. it was just like it was like one of our friends winning. Um, but his Oscar acceptance speech is probably one of the best I've ever heard. I remember um, it. Yeah. yeah, he talks about his dad being up in heaven. He got a big old pot of gumbo. And he's hmm. got a, you know, he's, he's got a Miller light in one hand. He's in his underwear and he's dancing, man. He's dancing. <laughs> you know, I just like, ah, oh, it's just great. Um, but anyway, so, yeah. Well, delightful man, I guess you can. In a, yeah. um, in a somewhat always, strange uh, field of acting. Um, he'll always be Wooderson to me from Dazed and Confused. It's just, <laughs> yeah, to me, he will never. That's always what is encapsulated for me is that that role. That role to me was mm-hmm. it wasn't his breakout role, even though it was his first role. His breakout role was Time to Kill. Yeah, oh yeah, uh, yeah. He talked but, about that. But I remember him because when I saw Time to Kill, I'm like, "That's Wooderson." Mm-hmm. Like, holy cow, he got other work. Well, um, you know, he made a great. Um, he made a, a huge move. You probably remember this because you're so tied to movies and watching them and stuff. Yeah, and you probably heard this story, but he um, he decided to get out of the rom com, um, yeah, yeah, genre. And I never knew this that basically he <laughs> he said that you know he stayed out of it, and then people kept throwing him scripts, and he was like, nope, not doing it. And he said he got this one, and the, they they were like, all right, eight million. He's like, nah, you can have it. Ten million. He said twelve million. He got all the way up to fourteen. He was like, well, let me think. Do I really want to do another rom com? <laughs> <laughs> but he but he um he ended up declining it and got out of the rom-com biz and he said that um his point was that he went like i don't know eight so it was something like 18 months without any work basically um mm-hmm. because everybody was like yeah he'll come back in and you know he made this overall point that um sometimes you have to give up something if you want to go after something it, i mean it was really good it's a yeah, i think it'll be yeah. a good book to read um yeah there was a, um, I don't know. He just, he, he just made a lot of good points. So, yep. you know, uh, not to, uh, I don't want to get into the, any of the controversial stuff about the Olympics. I was wanting to talk about some of the, uh, other things that, um, happened or like, for instance, you know, if you have a favorite Olympics that you've watched before, cause I can think of one that I think might be my favorite. Well, it's hard not to, you know, say that the one that happened in my hometown, you know, I mean, <laughs> you know, that one with the, the seven that the seven female gymnasts that got the first U S team gold mm-hmm. ever. Um, you know, that was amazing. Obviously we all remember Carrie Strug and the vault. Um, you know, that one, obviously, because I actually got to watch some of it live, literally live in person, um, will always be, you know, my favorite just because it's my hometown. I mean, literally, you know. And, yeah. you know, I, I would say that one. Um, I tell the story sometimes of trying to go to Taco Bell on Highway 78 here in Stone Mountain, and Andre Agassi just won his gold, and the crowd let it out, and it took me 45 minutes to get to 
Taco Bell because of a gold medal tennis match for the Olympics. How many times in your life can you say that? <laughs> you know, that you got stuck in Olympic traffic trying to go to Taco Bell. Anyway, so that one's always going to be good. I mean, I don't know. I think I, I remember watching 1984 in, in Los Angeles. Um, but, of course, that one doesn't matter as much because the Soviets weren't there. They returned the boycott favor because we boycotted in 1980. They boycotted in 84. Um, so, you know, I, we all love Mary Lou Retton, and I'm not saying she wouldn't have done well, but I don't think she would have won had the Soviets been there. Mm. Um, 19, you know, 1988, Seoul was awesome. I love watching Seoul. Uh, that one, to me, was my first real I'm into it Olympics. Um, 92, Barcelona kind of the you know same kind of thing in high school um that that had the best lighting of the torch of any that's ever been done that was where the guy that was uh um disabled lit it with the bow and arrow the flaming arrow and shot it that to me i'm like that that's it mm-hmm. that you can never top that period i've never seen it topped since um but yeah so you know they get into I was in 96 and then 2000 in Athens. You know, that was interesting. I mean, it was pretty because it was in Athens, you know, the home country of the Olympics. You know, what we, and so, okay, so basically 96 Atlanta's yeah, your I, favorite Olympics. Yeah, 96 you, has to be. Do you have yeah. a favorite? Um, See, I don't really have a favorite just because like you, I'm, unlike you, I'm not into Olympics like you are. I know that it's when you, you're like an encyclopedia, in my opinion, practically of it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Better for us. Um, the, um, my, I can think of my favorite moment. One of my favorite moments was watching Michael Phelps just win all those medals. I mean, you know, I know he could be a figure that some people like or don't like whatever but I, I just had a lot of fun watching him win all those medals to me that was just a lot of fun to watch yeah that yeah. that that have to rank up there for some of my favorite moments of the of watching the olympics strange to watch him commentate now to listen to him commentating i'm like that's just not right yeah i think he's still getting his sea legs he needs to be uh he needs to be in the water man um he's retired isn't he i know i'm just saying it's just weird to it's mm-hmm. like dude um yeah, I you know I would say obviously the most decorated Olympian of all time. So, um, do, do you have a favorite moment that you can think of? Like a, I'm talking sporting, not like you know lighting the torch or whatever. I'm talking about. Well, obviously the the vault with Kerry Strug. You know, of course, I think that's a Sunday school answer. I probably shouldn't give that one. Um, have you seen some of the documentary movies that they've done about the Olympics? have i seen really <laughs> yeah no, okay yes. i didn't know these were a thing until i saw oh, yeah. turner classic oh, yeah. yeah oh i've seen tons of them over the years i even had some, have some old vhs documentaries of them. Oh. um uh what's his name in 1992 um that tore his hamstring i think and his dad comes out to run with him british british runner uh-huh. I mean, I don't know how you don't. I mean, I ball anyway. I cry at everything, but that made I was I was burnt after yeah. that. that southern way to say it, I was burnt. I mean, it was just I mean, awesome, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, watching Michael Johnson run, you know, that was that was really interesting. One of them I actually got to see live, you know, at Olympic Stadium. Um, 
but there's so many little moments like there's all right here's one that most people don't even think about right this is an interesting one 1992 barcelona right we're competing in gymnastics we're not really a a force in gymnastics at that point soviet union's already collapsed so they're not really as much of a force either so you're getting china and romania still kind of hanging on um it gets down to men's high bar event finals, right? And I knew gymnasts and I knew names and stuff from being in gymnastics and reading all the magazines and stuff. And there was just one guy, Trent Demas was his name, D-I-M-A-S, Trent Demas. And I knew that his dad basically worked and cleaned the gym to help pay for his stuff and all that. So men's high bar event five, anybody doesn't, I mean, high bar is one, men's high bar is one of the most exciting events, period you know, because it's high flying, a lot of energy. So everybody goes, everybody does these great routines, but they all make one mistake. They take a step on the landing. Trent gets up there, does this great routine, you know, great lines, big air, you know, crazy stuff going on and sticks the landing and doesn't step. And I thought to myself, because gymnastics is political. So we, especially back then, there was still a lot of, leftover Soviet animosity. So I thought, they're probably going to, they're probably going to score him less. You know, they're probably going to win. And this is back in the good old days before the code of point, you know, when it was zero to 10, if everybody remembers those. Um, And Trent sticks it. I mean, crowd goes wild in Barcelona. Loves it. Sure enough, that Joker wins the gold medal. And it was just this most elated thing. Like this, this kid who just, couldn't afford anything. His parents couldn't really afford. Had the, I mean, you know, the typical story. You know, NBC's going to do a vignette on it. You know how that works, and it just—it was just one of those moments. It's, it's largely forgotten, but um, aside from uh, what's her name, um, I can't remember her name, her first name. I want to say it's Ludmila something. Chusevitna is her last name. Woman mm-hmm. is in her 40s, late 40s. Uh, no, actually, might, she might already be 50, and she competed in her last Olympics, this Olympics. I know who you're talking about. I saw her run the other night. Yeah, that's gymnast. impressive. No, gymnast. I mean, not run, but do her run. You know, her gymnast. I was like, yeah. yeah know, I saw her do her, um, the vault. Svetlana Boganskaya, who was a, an Olympic gymnast from 1988 coaches her like helps helps her out and helps that team out with the ukraine and mm-hmm. it's just like just seeing svetlana who you know doesn't look like she's still competing in anything and then you see chusevitna who has a who has a, a a move on bars named after her i mean just it's it's one of those stories where you're like if you ever doubt yourself look at that you know like mm-hmm. you're never too old you're never too, you know, <laughs> I mean, we, we think about the gymnast as being 15, 16 to 20 year old people, but then you got her, you know, and it's like, I don't know. It's just one of those inspiring stories that, you know, you got Eddie the Eagle in, in 88 in Calgary. I mean, that was the most insane thing you've ever seen. I mean, a guy had no chance of doing anything, mm-hmm. but everybody loved him. You know, he was just one of those characters that you just always going to remember like 
every time this this one Italian downhill skier would take the the hill. His name was Alberto Tomba, and the whole crowd would start going Tomba, Tomba, Tomba. He's tall Italian guy. I mean, it just it was just these cool moments, man. That just get your heart. Ugh. And then you get if you won, you get to hear that awesome Italian national anthem, which is one of the happiest national anthems in the world. Um. Uh, anyway, I yeah I could oh gosh I could go. Yeah, on I just asked on. you for one. And you gave me like fifty. Well, you know that's just how <laughs> it is. Uh, but Trent Demas, I think that one is that w- moment with Trent Demas. You know, it was it was one of the odd nights. You know, probably not as many people watching gymnastics that night because men's gym, gymnastics, even though it's you know more events and you know higher air and all that stuff, it doesn't get the the press that women's does. Right. But that moment just. I mean, that had me just chills that night. And mm-hmm. anyway. You are an encyclopedia of Olympics. I got – the problem is I'm an encyclopedia of a lot of different things, and I, I get it all – every now and then I have to, re, you know, well run a, run a defrag on my you, hard You drive. are passionate about the Olympics. and I'm passionate about that. I'm passionate about racing. I'm passionate about – you know, I could, I could sit here and talk. But when you're passionate about something like that, you get to know – I mean, like I was passionate about baseball from – 11 yeah. to 18 years old therefore i know a lot about yeah. excuse me um baseball from that time period i mean you know who else could remember a name like mookie blaylock or you know <laughs> some of the other uh different names that were around in the 90s of, of baseball you know early 90s and stuff like that um mookie but blaylock, yeah I don't know. his number was what no, I don't remember. Old. I don't remember. I usually don't know numbers well, players, but he was a Mets player. Ten or one? Ten. Okay. I couldn't tell if you're backwards. You might be backwards <laughs> on the uh, video. Uh, it, yeah. And you know, you know what the significance of that number is and, and other history? Hmm. Who were big fans of Mookie Blaylock? Eddie Vedder, Stone Gossard. Really? And those guys, what was the name of their first album? Ten. After? Really? Mookie. Mookie Blaylock's number. Why were yeah. they such fans of Mookie Blaylock? That's interesting. Huh. You you know, I, I yeah, Mookie Blaylock is just a, uh, I don't know what brought him to my mind. I mean, it's like me well, remembering, it's, it's, you know. You can't, have a bad, you can't have a bad day and say that name, Mookie mm-hmm. Blaylock. It's just yeah. so happy, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but it's anyway, like, yeah, there's, yeah, there's a little music trivia for you along with that, yeah. It's like Ozzy um, Smith. Ozzy Smith was just a happy person in baseball. Yeah. He was just a happy guy you like to see out there every day. Um, well, oh, yeah, speaking of baseball, uh, they did bring back baseball to the Olympics, which I was quite proud of. Um, quite quite really? proud to see they brought my favorite sport back to uh, the Olympics. I know, was, and they, they, added a, they added another one, which, which I've thought has been a long time coming, which is surfing, which I oh, thought was yeah. really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was interesting. Where are they surfing? Are they surfing in Japan or another yeah. island somewhere? Okay. In Japan. Yeah. So okay, I had a question with um my wife asked the other night. Say they had the Olympics in, you know, um Beijing in 20 years, where would they have the surfing? Somewhere on the coast in China mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. okay. Or or whatever. If they let's just say they had it in Moscow or you know some inland place where would they have the surfing part would they have to go to the nearest uh you know wave pool well i'll tell you what they're doing for surfing for france even though france has the coast mm-hmm. 
they're doing they're doing surfing in Tahiti. Ah, French Empire place, I guess. Yeah, but but weird though, or like French. totally crazy different place. Um, I suppose French France still owns many. Uh, or well, they it's it's kind of like a not own but crowns for lack of a better word crown territories yeah they speak at, like, french there we'll like just the, say that like the uh british still have a few like a protectorate yeah what do they call those uh commonwealth i, I guess yep. maybe yep. france has a few commonwealth places kind of like the island where um napoleon died yep yep which i can never remember saint elba helen? El- oh, elba i thought saint helen okay no, elba as in the place that floods all the time in in alabama there's a St. Helen though, right? St. Helena. Helena, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yeah, but it's Elba where he was exiled to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a book that's about that thick. That's only the first volume of a two-volume series on Napoleon that mm. I gotta get back to reading sometime. Very interesting book. Very long, but very interesting. I got to about his um his time as a young um officer, and then I had to put it down for a while. But uh very interesting guy very interesting um background to that man um so anyways um the olympics yeah that was uh there's been a lot of uh crazy things with the olympics over the years and um the uh, winter olympics and i don't know you remember the year when they first staggered them um they went from uh what was it 92 to 94 was the next winter olympics you know that was the first year they started staggering the winter olympics oh, i didn't know that yeah um because it went uh i was what uh lilyhammer was the first one that I was staggered. Like yeah yeah i do too it gives you olympics every two years mm-hmm. um you know and i, I kind of like the winter olympics i really do um just because it's so strange to us <laughs> especially uh-huh. here in the south um you know, they, they, I remember the first year they put skeleton face down luge in in the Olympics. You know, that was Salt Lake City in 02. And it was like, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen. Luge is already crazy. <laughs> now you can put your head, you're going to put your face down. You're going to go on your stomach. It was for the Olympics and the Summer Olympics has skateboarding. Has that been mm-hmm. in the Olympics for a few years or is this the first as well? It yep. is the first. Okay. Yep. I watched that the other night, and I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I thought the X Games players would wear elbow knee pads. They didn't have any elbow or knee pads when I was watching. Thought that was interesting. Yep. Yep. I mean, I was like, wow, they're. I mean, they're like falling all over the place, and they don't have any elbow or knee pads on. I was like, geez. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it's just half pipe, right? So it's. It's. Uh, well, they were doing a course when I was watching the other night. It was one of those. Oh, um, it wasn't a half pipe. Thing. Where they were jumping over, you know, um, guardrails and such. It was kind of like a fake um, oh, city they course. Did, they did street. I didn't realize that was going to be in the Olympics. I thought yeah. it was just going to be half pipe. Wow. No, that was like, I mean, it, it looked like your basic street course that you see in the X Games, I guess, where they have who stairs was, and whatnot. Yeah. Now, who was calling that? Did, uh, they, have, did they have Tony Hawk doing it? Tony not. Hawk is in it. I don't know if he was doing it the night I watched it. Um, you could he's, probably he, go on Peacock or something and watch some of the archive. He's, he's but he's like announcing. He's. I helping. think so. I think he is helping. Some. That's good because I was like the better, the biggest, obviously skateboarder of all time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and ob- at one point, the highest paid athlete in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, because we were talking about that today, actually, at, at my work, we were talking about how skateboarding is just weird. You know, you don't know any of the names. I said, yeah, for me, it's Steve Caballero and Tony Hawk and Christian Hassoy and all those from back in the 80s. Right. That's that stuff. And you go even older, it's Tony Alva, you know, um, uh, Stacy Peralta, all those guys from back in the day. But I remember getting all the skateboarding magazines and buying my getting my first skateboard as kind of a gift from my parents. And it was 148 bucks and it was a Rob Roscop ramp model. And if I'd have kept the full thing, it's worth about six thousand dollars now. Um, and I sold it to my friend Matt Turner. I'm friends with him on Facebook. I should ask him, hey, uh, do you happen to have that? Uh, <laughs> um, well, yeah. I, I think it's cool. I, I was hoping they would do, I don't know if they've started doing uh, bike flatland freestyle yet. Um, I know they do mm-hmm. BMX racing, mm-hmm. but I wanted to see bike freestyle competition because that to me is still the most difficult thing um, to do those tricks on a bike. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I think it's interesting that finally yeah. some of the quote unquote extreme sports are making it in the Olympics finally. Well, I mean, to me, it's funny that they would have snowboarding, but not skateboarding. I mean, what did snowboarding come out of? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That was a weird, I I agree with you. I thought it was odd. Yeah, wasn't, did it snowboard basically guys that skateboarded decided to make a board or something like that? Yeah, Burton, what's his name? Burton uh, made the first one. Yep. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think, um, yeah, that is kind of odd. I guess, I guess their argument with, with snowboarding is more people do it. Right maybe right now than skateboarding. I mean, I'm assuming that just right. from my knowledge of it, but the same culture pretty much. Yeah. Guys. yeah. It's, it's the um, surf type culture, the, you know, yeah. Yeah. The, the, um, and I think there's like, I think it took too long to put golf back in. Um, golf should have been yeah. in there, I think sooner yeah. than it was. Now, it used to be. And then they, they took it out a long time ago right. and brought it back. Oh, speaking um, of, um, skateboarding you've probably seen this but i saw this on someone mentioned it on a podcast um the uh dogtown z boys documentary have you ever watched that the documentary or the actual the movie lords of dogtown no there's an actual documentary about the actual i've seen them both i've seen them both yeah he Um, said that the the documentary is really amazing to watch he said it was really. oh yeah i I watched it um i need need to watch watch yeah you need to watch lords of dogtown too the actual movie i may have actually seen that but i can't remember play them um uh heath ledger's in it he plays the mm-hmm. um the what's his name i can't remember his name that was the the founder of of the zephyr skate team mm-hmm. um tony hawk was never involved with that group was he no but stacy peralta was and stacy started powell peralta mm-hmm. um and hired a and and drafted on a young tony hawk back in the 80s so ah. that's how he's connected to so those group. guys were older than tony yeah Mm-hmm. yeah they, we're talking about literally the evolution of skate like the the genesis of real skateboarding because those right. guys were surfers right there in um where they were at and it was like they had the little plastic boards with the <laughs> with the roller skating wheels basically and well you know correct me if i'm wrong here but i have a slight theory about this when it comes to skating um which by the way i think the number one skater right now is a guy from los angeles that may have a hispanic background i can't even remember his name but he was pretty good i watched him skate the other day and tony was 
you know, he was lauding how good that guy was. Um, but, um, it's basically all over the world. I'm sure you can find people in Malaysia and South Africa skating all the time. Um, but my theory is kind of that skateboarding, surfing, um, I guess you could say snowboarding back in the day, uh, those kind of sports, extreme sports, I guess they are sort of the outlaw sports in a lot of ways, aren't they? Yeah. Whereas you think about the other sports that have been in the Olympics for a long time that are what we might call the country club sports, golf, equestrian. Massage. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I was also an equestrian um, the other night and I was like, that is the opposite of surfing. <laughs> uh, field hockey, uh, uh-huh. team handball, like water what polo. The heck is, what the heck is this crap? We don't play this, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I was just thinking about that and I was like, maybe that could be part of the reason why hey. skating took so long. There's another sport. I don't know if it's in the Olympics or not. I, I, this is me being ignorant right now about Olympics, which mm. doesn't doesn't happen very often. So you know, sure I got record pressed here. Um, lacrosse. I don't know that lacrosse is in there. Yeah, I'm not sure either. That would be one that I mean, that's an American sport, Native really? American sport. Oh, yeah. Iroquois right, Indians. Yeah, yeah um, sounds familiar. But. Anyway, I was just when we're thinking about highfalutin sports, I think of lacrosse because everybody's like, "Oh, my my kids in lacrosse." I'm like, "We didn't even have that option when we were younger." Yeah, if you I said mean, lacrosse, they'd be like, "Is that a like a, a t-shirt brand? What is that?" Mm-hmm. You know, back in the day, I mean, we had soccer because it was just so easy to set up, but even soccer, right, <clears throat> was still kind of a, a weird sport because you played it as a kid and then you were done because there was nowhere to go with it. Um, mm-hmm. For us, it was baseball, football, and you know, yeah. I think Bas- uh, basketball for some people. Oh, which by the way, we forgot to mention the miracle on ice is one of the best uh, moments in Olympic history. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I was alive for it. And I heard my dad screaming. Yeah. I remember vaguely hearing my dad screaming. They did it. They beat the Russians. That's what I, one of my little memories from when I was like four and a half. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, that obviously is one of the greatest moments. Which I've heard that um, Al Michaels book, his uh, biography, autobiography is a great read as well that I want to get around to read. Oh, yeah, I bet you that would be a great read. Man, um, I would love to read that. I need to get it. I just hadn't gotten around to it yet. Uh, my next biography is I'm reading a George Washington one next. Mm, um, interesting. But I've, I've got to get through a U.S. history book that is about that thick. And I've got like 200 pages left. So Welcome I, to my world from poli sci in college. Holy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I think there's so many different, I, I just love that surfing's back in. Um, I was really hoping to see Coco uh, surf, Coco Ho. She's uh, Derek Ho's nef- uh, niece. Um, Derek Ho was a famous, people actually know that name and they don't know why they know that name because he's one of the famous um, guys that made Bonsai Pipeline in Hawaii. Like he's the pipe master. And his his niece his niece, Coco is extremely good, um, and I don't I don't know why she's not there. It's kind of weird. Um, now they just her her uncle just died. Derek just died, and they had this massive. How they do it in that community is you know they all go out there and everything, and they do a ceremony, and they're all out there and they splash. They're sitting on their surfboards and they splash up, and that's kind of like the, I mean the the video was touching. I was like, mm-hmm. wow, that's a lot of people in the water, but. Derrico was very loved. Um, so, yeah, go ahead. I'm just saying, like, I was hoping I'd see some, but the thing is, I don't really know a lot of names in surfing. So, can we say that um, 
curling might be um, the uh, at least needed Olympic sport or I mean, I actually enjoy watching it and I like it. Oh yeah. I mean, I think it's, but yeah, I think it's great. I mean, and we won there is what I'm, and we won our men yeah. won. And I'm like, so, those guys look like a bunch of beer drinking frat guys and they well, just won an Olympic gold medal. I mean, that's I, mean cool. I, I think about this stuff and I think to myself, is it needed? I mean, do we have it there just to say that we have it there? You know, I don't know. I think about these things. Well, I mean, it's, it's been there for a long time. Has <laughs> it? Oh yeah, oh uh, yeah, curling. I don't, I don't know the history. Okay, an ancient. I mean, it's Scottish, and it's right. you know, obviously, it's been in there for a long time. I don't, I, I don't mind it being there. I'm just saying, it's just to me yeah, when I far... <laughs> like I was trying to think of what would be a. The other night I was thinking about, you know, you almost laugh when you watch it sometimes. At least if you're new to it. Uh, oh, the one I laugh about, even though it's extremely hard, is badminton. Yeah. Like really, that there's actually rules and ways to play. You don't just try to hit it as hard as you can hey, in your backyard. That's freshman um, elective in college class. You know, like badminton and like any of those, like team handball and stuff. I mean, it's difficult, well, was, but you <laughs> you like what, what? Well, I was man. trying to think of what is the summer Olympics equivalent of curling, mm. you know? And I was thinking we probably don't have one, but why not like put bowling in there or <laughs> you know or you, you, we laugh, yeah. But I think there was bowling in it at one time, way back in the day. And I wouldn't mind it. I just think it's funny. Some some of these things, and or maybe even pool. Why not get some pool masters in there? I mean, they're, that's pretty skillful I sport. Mean, if you're playing, you're playing table tennis. You're playing because we in Olympics we don't call it ping pong. It's table tennis, uh-huh. um, and all those kind of games. Like it just makes sense. Why not have another? We're all drunk, and we're going to challenge each other to this game in the Olympics. Or hey, let's get creative, and just do um, cornhole, and have the <laughs> have the cornhole. I mean, I'm can you imagine you, winning I, a gold medal in cornhole? I'd do it. <laughs> I'm telling you what, I would train my butt off at cornhole. Um, you know, because I mean, it's like that's something we could do, Gene. There it yeah. is. We're gonna, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna start it. That you heard it first here, folks. Cornhole. We're going to I mean, be the champion United States cornhole team. It's already on ESPN. You can watch college tournaments. And yeah, we got our, our, our friend Joel Wise um, helps run the one of the uh, leagues here in Georgia. So, Well, they have um, one at the local park near me, and I thought about joining it one day. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe next year. Maybe next year. There, there it is. Year. There it is. There's People, this is Gene's favorite statement. You're not supposed to give it, these things away, Jason. When it comes to doing anything. Look, the, the sto- I'm a Braves got, fan. No, no, no. I, well, I'm yeah, a Braves fan, and as a Braves fan, that needs to be your moniker along with the um, Chicago Cubs. Some of us should have gotten that tattooed after the 14 years <laughs> of Braves stuff. Um, but a funny All right, everybody, story. have a good night, and we will yeah, see you yeah, later. Yeah, whatever, shut up. A, uh, a funny story about this. We're going to end it on me, this. Me and another friend of mine, Scott, go to – Tete Lamar here at road Atlanta outside of Atlanta every year. You don't have a friend, Scott in our race. And, uh, Gene is friends with this guy too. Um, and we always ask you to go. We always ask Gene to go. And he's always like, "Eh, I don't know, maybe next year, you know? So it became the running joke for a while that I asked Scott, I was like, Hey, Jerry, did you you tell Gene he should come? We could probably get him in for free. He's like, yeah, he said maybe next year. I was like, okay. You know, so it became that way. And then lo and behold, one year, the triumphant year, I don't even remember what year it was, but this great 
thing, you know, God shone his light down <laughs> on Road Atlanta and Gene Garman came through the gates at Road Atlanta to watch Petit Lamar. And we took a group picture. And Scott said next year finally came when he posted it. <laughs> and it's just the funniest thing. And Gene loved it. Gene had a great time. You know, it's just, it's, it's fun. He did anyway. have a good time. He did. Yeah. I talked to him about it. He enjoyed it. I, um, I don't know. I wasn't there, but he had a good time. <laughs> he had a anyway, good time, I hear. So yeah, there's, you know, when it comes to Olympic sports, so there's, there are some crazy ones. You're like, because you look at, all right, take equestrian, for instance. We still have the Georgia Horse Park here in Conyers. Amazing facility, right? There's two athletes there. There's the horse and the rider, right? So I'm thinking, man, the horses are just as much, you know, and they get, you know, a, a thing of oats and a, a wreath around their neck. You know, it's like, that's all they care about, right? But it takes skill to, to be able to, to master that. I get that, but. There's not much more country club than that, mm-hmm. you know, like, Ooh, that came from the British side of things, didn't it? You know? Um, and there are other sports, like you wonder why they're not in there, you know? Um, well, I've got another one for you. What's that? I think that they should have another, I think that they need to incorporate motorsports, and I think that they should do good old fashioned dirt racing, do good old, circle dirt race and they invite the country's favorite uh you know they have trials and everything and then you let people get on a dirt circle track and just can you imagine alonzo against you know dale Earnhardt jr, <laughs> dale Earnhardt jr. Or, or chase elliott going around a circle you know dirt or, right yeah. track <laughs> no, you oh, know who you know who would sign up to do it in a heartbeat it'd be fun kimmy raikkonen would sign up to do it in a heartbeat finish yeah. formula one driver kimmy raikkonen would jump at the chance to do that it'd just be fun to watch all those different race car drivers going at it on a you know some sort of little i don't think that i don't think fun track i don't think we're gonna see motor sports no no i know i i don't know why they are sports and they are athletes um you know especially you think about things like motocross which was actually invented not in the u.s um i think it was belgium maybe belgium is where they invented that um you know, you could see that. I could see that being in there because that takes a lot of a lot of strength to be able to, to move those things. Um, but that is an interesting point that there's not motorsports involved. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing that's not really there um, as far as like, you know, wide scope genres. Um, but yeah, it I would be know. interesting. It would be interesting. Yeah. You know, it'd be like the closest thing we get, Gene, is, psych- is velodrome cycling, uh, you know, um, and the BMX, the BMX is, is pretty wild to watch actually. Um, cause it'd been a long time since I'd watched an actual BMX race, you know, I, I kind of forgotten about BMX for the longest time. Um, another, uh, another sport that was invented somewhere else. Um, right. most people don't know that, you know, there's, there's lots of stuff like that, that are in there and you're going, huh, you know, just add a motor and it's, you know, it's motocross, right. but it just, I don't know if they're willing to make that leap, um, the, yeah, the IOC. Yeah. And I just – and I, I don't blame them. I don't really blame them because that, there's a lot more involved in that. There's a lot more – it's just a logistic nightmare. Um, but there's – yeah, you know. I, I don't know. I can't think – I was trying to think of some sports that you would think would be Olympic sports that aren't. 
Um, you know, golf was one for a while, but I was like, okay, golf seems Olympic in its nature. Um, surfing, I thought for the longest time should have been in there because surfing has been popular for, you know, over, over 60, 70 years. So, you know, why not? But I don't know. I, it's hard to, it's hard to sit here and think about other things other than your previously mentioned, you know, bowling. Yes. Bowling, uh, bring, bowling, bring in bowling, bowling and cornhole. Well, honestly, the exact to me, almost exact summer equivalent of curling would be shuffleboard shuffleboard nice yeah you know shuffleboard man i don't even know how to play it and you know it's like what what new olympic sport chess wait what that's not a sport that's a or game. my other or, or my other favorite um what do they call those yard sports um yeah the one, darts. Uh, not, not lawn darts no, but the bocce one ball the, yeah bocce ball i like bocce ball that, that that's a that's a fun boring one to play yeah, that one that one could get really heated at the Olympics. <laughs> Indeed. That would be interesting. Yeah. All right, Jason. Well, let's close this out. Any uh any final All thoughts, right. prayers? All right, all right, everybody, bow your heads. No, we're not closing that. <laughs> this is what it sounds like. And in closing, I can be okay. like a maybe I will add this one day, uh, take after <laughs> uh Mr. Dave Ramsey. And our scripture reading for the day is Yep. All right. Well, uh, thanks for joining us, everybody, and we'll see you next time. Bye, Jason. Goodbye, everyone.